0: so hi well the good noise podcast i'm shane i'm glory and we're here with
1: uh george from stick to your guns and we're
0: gonna ask him some questions to say about the upcoming album specter so congrats on that by the way how do you feel about the response to the announcement so far
1: uh so far uh everything's been great uh i've been feeling good uh it's been a long time coming for us the record's actually been done since 2019 what? um i i know uh it was done right before the pandemic uh and we just couldn't bring ourselves to release it during the pandemic without being able to tour. Um, I, I'm i also speaking about the pandemic as if it's over. Clearly it's not, Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, we're now releasing the record um, and uh, the response has been great. Uh, it's been a long time coming thrilled that people are finally getting the chance to hear it. For
2: sure.
0: Yeah. Well, the album rocks <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> oh, had thanks, me, like,
0: all amped up today while I was listening to it.
2: Mm-hmm. That's, That's great. Yeah. Uh, So is there any meaning behind the album title or cover art?
1: Yeah. Well, so the cover art, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I know Jesse, Jesse's the one, uh, our singer who usually handles like art direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, he went through a couple of different ideas, but his, uh, I guess the uh, overall aesthetic was he wanted something that was just like aggressive, Mm -hmm. Um, which I, you know, I feel like the cover is like, it's pretty aggressive. I mean, there's a hammer, a nail, some barking dogs. Uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it feels abrasive, uh, you know, and hopefully it gels with like the sonic uh, aspect of the record. Um, you know, I guess uh, the listeners will be the ones to decide that. Uh, the album title, um, you know, it's uh, it's something that's kind of like I guess mired in a little bit of ambiguity and mystique right now, uh, which I kind of like. You know, I like I like listeners to maybe develop their own interpretation of it. Um, But, you know, for me, it's uh, we're clearly dealing with or I'd say that we're on the precipice of uh, needing radical transformational change um, in the structures and systems and, uh, you know, in the relationships that are a part of our lives. Uh, And it's something that, you know, haunts us at night. Uh, It's something that keeps us up. Uh, and that's what I like to think about. Uh, it's something that's, uh, you know, constantly just kind of uh, maybe an ambient noise that's always reminding you, like, we can uh, we can choose to change the way things are and we can choose to change, uh, you know, how our world works. Uh, we just have to take that first step in actually trying to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Absolutely. For um, sure. So you, I, at, at, in the beginning, you said you've had this album done since 2019. Do you still, like feel connected to what you guys worked on?
1: Yes. Uh, I think all of us did the smart thing and deliberately stopped listening to it, uh, in in 2020. Um, so with the record that we put out in 2015 called disobedient, we actually had finished that in 2014. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then that was also like us sitting on it for a year, um, because we just had to wait for some things to kind of come together to where we could like actually get a proper rollout going. Um, and we constantly listened to it on our own and we're like, this is awesome. And by the time we actually put it out, we're like, oh, this is, this is old news. It's an old hat. Like, I I can't wait for people to hear the next shit that we're going to do. It like, it almost felt as if like, we weren't like, we didn't care as much about it, um, and uh which was unfortunate because everyone was hearing the songs for the first time we're like yeah yeah but we're gonna work on something new yeah,
0: you're like fuck and- that album though <laughs> <laughs>
1: um so this time i feel like because the pandemic hit and uh everything just got put on ice all of our tours got canceled and we were just we just made the collective decision nope we're not putting out the record until we can go back on tour all of us just stopped listening to it um, and so now it's almost like I'm like rediscovering it or I'm like, uh, you know, rediscovering my relationship with it. Uh, and it feels great to be honest.
0: Hell yeah. Love That's that. Perfect. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your writing process for this album?
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm, uh, Funny enough so I'm the drummer uh, and I'm probably not the uh I'm definitely not the master songwriter in the band. I'm like the uh, the guy who comes in like at the end of it and kind of yeah. helps with I'm, you know I'm the guy who helps with uh maybe some like rhythmic changes or uh like pacing or cadence issues or something like that. but usually what happens is Chris and Josh, uh, our guitar players, kind of get uh in their own zones and demo out some stuff uh by themselves and then they meet together and then kind of work on it together. And then from there, usually it gets to the band. And then the band kind of goes through like a draft process. Uh, and then from there, we actually uh, went and met with Drew Folk, who was the producer on the record. Uh, and it, it was like the first time. I mean, with View, we did uh, work with Derek Hoffman, um, who is awesome. And we worked with him and he did an amazing job producing it. But uh, for Spectre, it was like... Um, we had a couple of like extra meetings, like a a couple of extra like pre-production meetings with Drew to like really pick apart and like deconstruct songs and figure out what works and what doesn't. Uh, And Drew was so cool. Everything was like fluid and he was so down to try like any new ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was like a really, um, I guess like a constructive or like generative kind of environment to where everyone felt comfortable expressing ideas. That's good. uh, Which is, yeah, which is always great. Um, and then from there, we just started tracking the record. Oh, yeah.
2: Perfect. Sounds, sounds great, actually. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that's so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I wish I had something more like provocative to say, like, ah, oh, we were like tortured over it. it took us, <laughs> you know, it took us years and the band, band almost, almost broke up. up. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it was, it was pretty paint by numbers, pretty straightforward. Fair enough.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Uh, so what song off the album took the longest to write? And which one is your personal favorite?
1: Oh, geez. Okay. So the one that took the longest to write, you know, I'll say that all of them, I mean, I can't speak for like how long Chris and Josh spent on songs. I feel like sometimes Chris will like sit on a song for years trying to like hone it in and like Mm -hmm. get it dialed in perfectly before he presents it to the group. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris, uh, I mean, Chris is so... He's such a gifted songwriter. And uh he's also just like a master of demoing out songs. And sometimes I almost feel like we we call it demo itis, where he like presents the song and he goes, It's done. Like it will it will not be changed. And we're like, no, 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 this is the first time I've heard it. Chris. Yeah, it's like, like, like we're gonna
3: Dude, we have know, notes.
1: Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe we're gonna work through it. And he's like, No, it's done. But I mean, he's always a good sport about it. Um So I can't speak to like maybe any of the songs that Chris might've been like secretly working on for a couple of years. Um, I feel like, so the song who dares on the record um, it uh, it's interesting. So Chris actually uh, kind of like ripped the structure from this cardigan song. Um, It's called my favorite game. It's like an old like nineties hit.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm.
1: And when we first got the song, we're like, okay, this is really cool what you're trying to do. But um, like, the structure was like a little crazy and we had to like maybe move around or like cut a couple of parts in half. Um, So it didn't take a long time, but I felt like, I feel like that one and instruments uh, at the end really got the most work done at least cosmetically, you know, maybe just moving around versus extending parts and stuff like that. Um, So yeah, maybe those two, if I'm, if I'm thinking about it Uh, for me personally, though, I think my favorite song, oh gosh. I, I mean, I love open up my head. I think it's really cool. Um it's, a, it's like the first time we've ever done something like that. Um it feels good now that the video's out and like people have heard it. Everyone's like, whoa, unexpected, but this is sick. Like I'm not mad. I'm not upset yeah. about it. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. It's uh, much different than a couple of the other times we've thrown curveballs at people. They're like, What is this? I hate this. Yeah. Why have you done this? <gasps> no. <laughs> um so open up a head might be my favorite um i think an unexpected favorite for me is the song world to win um just because i didn't think it was gonna turn out as good as it did and now when i listen to it i'm like oh this is like an integral song on the record and i love it Mm -hmm. um where maybe like when we were first like demoing out i was like yeah you know kind of like a standard like punk affair sort of thing and Mm -hmm. now it's turned into a song that i love
0: oh yeah love that great
2: love when there are surprises
0: mm-hmm. yeah uh so how'd the track list for the album come about did you guys write the opener be the opener close to be a closer just shuffle around see what fits what was that process like
1: oh that's a great question uh and it's you know it's funny it's a question that is almost irrelevant now in the era of spotify um where everyone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where where everyone is either throwing things on shuffle or did they put the shuffle button back or not i can't no, remember.
0: No, it's still gone
1: Okay, it's wait.
0: Still it's gone. what? It, I yeah. the sh- like the shuffle button. Like it used to be like to play an album, you would hit the play button, but it would shuffle it. Now they took that away because like Adele bitched about it or something. I can't yes. believe it took Adele to complain about it to get that to go away.
1: Yeah. It's like you can you can still put it on shuffle, but they mm-hmm. don't have like the auto like the the big one the big green shuffle button or whatever like on
2: the uh, album page yeah before oh. they
0: updated it you used to have to hit the first track on the album yes. to make it play in order
2: i thought that yes. was just because like you didn't have like spotify premium because that's how it is if you don't have spotify premium you still have the uh the shuffle automatic shuffle
1: no oh wow okay um yeah it's it's so funny i think years ago uh jordan buckley from every time i die had a tweet And it's like, it still sticks in my brain because I relate to it, or I think every musician relates to it where he's like, you have no idea the torture that we put ourselves through Mm -hmm. to get this album listing the way that we think it's like the most sonically cohesive. And then for you to hit the shuffle button, it's like, what are you doing?
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: But like, at least like, yes, Spotify is taking over, but at the same time, vinyl is also making a huge return. So that, Mm -hmm. that like kind of makes track listing like relevant again.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, I I fully agree. And honestly, I mean, who cares? You can listen to it however you want to listen to it. Um, I think, you know, it's funny. There was a minute where we were like toying around with a couple of uh, different songs to like open the record. Um, We like recorded a different intro track. That was cool, but it just like uh, it wasn't clicking. Um, We thought the song Liberate might have been like a cool track, too. Um, but then I think once Jesse like finally laid down his vocals for weapon, we were like, Oh, okay. This has got to be the song that kicks off the record clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Josh had the great idea for like the intro track. Um, and then after that, I feel like everything just kind of fell into place. Um, there wasn't like a lot of like arguing, I feel like, uh, and I don't know if that's like, uh, from us being like more confident or maybe complacent. Uh, it might be one of the two, (laughs) um, but i feel like when we were doing like diamond or disobedient it was like trying to solve a rubik's cube mm-hmm. trying to put together track listing it's like how can we put it together perfectly to where this song flows into this song and that and i maybe now we're just like no like we're confident in our abilities to just like vibe out how this should feel and we're just going to go with that so
0: I would, I would hope it's more like the confidence and not so much like the complacency because like you guys have been doing it so long that it's like you guys kind of understand like how an album should flow and whatnot. And not, I mm-hmm. hope it's not like, well, people are just going to shuffle it anyway. So fuck it. We'll just put all <laughs> the singles at the front, whatever. We're going we're gonna to structure this like a pop record.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. I feel like forever. Um, and this is like before the shuffle button, I guess, became like such like a hot button issue or like a ubiquitous thing. Uh, We were constantly trying to front load tracks that we believed in, but we knew weren't going to get like music video or pushes from like the label. And we're like, no, no, no. If we put those towards the front of the record, then people will hear them. And then we can put the singles later in the record.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, But at the same time, it's like, well, if it's like if it's a song that is supposed to be a deep track, it's supposed to be a deep track. Don't try to like cheat the system, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: That so. that worked before Spotify because you'd throw the CD and you had to listen to the whole thing. Now people yes, are just like, "Well, exactly. fuck it! All the singles are down here at the bottom. <laughs> I'm just listen the second half of the record. I don't care."
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, not. Uh, I
2: don't. I don't think you have to be as calculated anymore.
1: You can't win. Mm-hmm. You really
2: can't. Yeah. So, would you be able to tell us where Headspace is at while you're creating this record?
1: Um. Yeah. Uh, sure. So. You know, it's we went into the studio late 2019 mm-hmm. and the View record cycle kind of ended up being like, uh, I think, longer than any of us expected. Um, but we just kept on getting good tour offers and opportunities presented to us um, that made it seem like that was OK. And it was kind of like running its natural course. Um, So at the end of 2019, we did a tour supporting Knocked Loose, um, which was fantastic. It was an awesome tour. Yeah. Uh, And then we actually went over to Europe uh, and we played two shows. Um, They were a week apart. uh, And these were like the biggest headlining shows we've ever played. And it was just a show for us. It was us and like four other bands. And they each drew around 2,300 kids. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, And for us it was almost like a okay not only is this like a peak career achievement or like maybe you know a, a peak life achievement for us but we perhaps may have like actually shattered like what we thought was a glass ceiling mm-hmm. um because bands we're always of the of the belief that like bands like us you know there there is a there's an expiration date and a ceiling mm-hmm. as to what we are able to accomplish mm-hmm. you know we know our lane we like I think when we were younger, we had a lot of people telling us, like, you have all these like, poss- different possibilities or avenues open to you, like going through the radio or getting this bigger tour or doing this, you know, going this direction with your band. And, you know, some attempts were made earnestly, others kind of more, I guess, like half-heartedly. Um, and none of those ever like really panned out or like, I don't know, came to fruition. So it's not that we settled. We just understood like, okay, like let's just be us. That's all we can do. We can just be, uh, we can just be the best that stick to your guns can be. Um, and accomplishing those shows, it was like, holy shit. I, I guess we can do more than we thought we were capable of. Yeah. So we went into the studio on a high note, Mm -hmm. um, which felt nice. Uh, and maybe that added to us feeling like more confident, um, mm-hmm. like because, uh, you know, songs like Weapon or Hush or Instruments at the End or even The Shine, like those are all in Stick Your Guns' wheelhouse. And like, we feel comfortable doing that. That's that's not a problem for us, but a song like Open Up My Head, like when Josh was demoing out, it's like, dude, I love this song. Weezer is my favorite band, like one of my favorite bands, or at least Blue, Blue Album and Pinkerton are like my favorite records but it can stick to your guns, pull off a song that just sounds like pissed off Weezer. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Like, so I'd say like March, 2019, maybe I felt like that. And then by maybe the end of the year, I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. it. Let's try it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. We just played these big ass shows. Like perhaps we could actually, you know, make that next jump up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it felt, it felt great. Uh, It felt good getting uh, into the studio and feeling confident. Um, I got to track drums at, uh, Studio 606, which is like the Foo Fighters studio. It's the, yeah. one, it's the one that Dave Grohl's. It's the one where the uh, the board from Sound City, I, and the name escapes me. Oh, the Neve console. That's what it is. I don't know if you guys ever saw that documentary, Sound City.
2: Oh, um, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Oh
1: my God. You guys absolutely have to watch it. Um, so this console is like legendary. It's this legendary analog console. They recorded Nirvana Nevermind on it. They recorded Rage Self-Titled on oh, it. Wow um they recorded uh not self-titled on it oh shit wow. um I don't know they recorded like so many like epic records on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I, I got to record on that console oh, wow. and we were in studio 606 like playing like what's likely either like Taylor Hawkins or Dave Grohl's drum kits that are just like in there oh, to record one day and I was losing my fucking mind over this like we walked into the studio and like someone was just ripping the drums and I was like Oh, okay that's crazy like that's my drum kit so I don't know why like well it's mine for the day like I set it up you know yeah and Chris was with me our guitar player and he goes yeah what if that's Taylor Hawkins I'm like huh that'd be funny sure enough we turn the corner and it's just Taylor Hawkins just fucking ripping the drums <laughs> yeah I was like oh fuck are Holy you kidding shit. me I was like trying to like really keep it together I was <laughs> like don't punish this guy just like play it cool it's all good uh and then he, uh, he was so fucking cool he was so nice he came in and he was telling us all these fucking crazy stories he seemed so stoked and happy and it like he legitimately was just coming to the studio to pick something up and he was like oh some drums are set up like all just fucking rip these <laughs> it was so cool i actually you guys you guys are the first people to, like hear the story we haven't told this to anyone oh wow um yeah um so, uh, well, we haven't gotten a chance to because we haven't, this is the first we're doing press for this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, True. yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was so cool. I think we were all just like stoked. The songs came together. Uh, and I mean, I, I, we started 2020 and the way our year was getting lined up, it was going to be the best year for Stick to Your Guns like ever, mm. um, which is like so fucking heartbreaking in hindsight, mm-hmm. obviously um Like okay, I'll run you guys through just this year. Is, is it okay if I just keep on talking about we, this? Yeah, all I, the time. Okay, yeah, let's keep yeah. going. Okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. I don't want to just like keep speaking extemporaneously and like You're just good. dragging on. You're good. Um, You're good. So, all right. So we started the year and we had that Beartooth motionless tour. Oh yes yeah.
0: that tour oh, yeah, oh, was fucking I sick.
2: God about that.
1: Awesome tour. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I'm so tour, pissed but, I missed like, it. <laughs> Yeah. And well, that too is like a perfect tour for six to guns because we can be like the, uh, we can be like the, the token, like heavy hardcore band kind of thing. And a lot of like younger kids haven't been exposed to that style of music. And then they're you super know, they know,
3: into
1: it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, they love heavy music through motionless and bare tooth, but like, we're kind of like a different sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did a motionless tour in 20, in 2012. Uh, one of the best tours we've ever done for our band, like, and ever. that
0: that worked yeah. better then because like they were super heavy back then.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah ex- exactly. Um, so when we got the offer, we're like, yes, absolutely. Like, doesn't matter that we won't have a record out. Doesn't matter that we're mm-hmm. at the tail end of a record cycle. Yes, like this is a great opportunity for us. So we did that. Uh, then we had February off. <laughs> so then we had uh, we were support. For Parkway Drive uh, in an arena tour oh, yeah. in Europe. Oh. Um, so we had done a Parkway Drive tour uh, that was massive in mm-hmm. 2018, uh, and this was like their jump up to like arenas. So we were playing like w- uh, like Wembley um, and like I mean just massive venues. It was Parkway, Hatebreed, Us, and Venom Prison. That's such a oh cool. uh, good. Yeah, and again, it's one of those things where like how often do bands like Stitcher your guns get to say, Oh yeah, we got to play Wembley. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's insane. Um, so we were so stoked for that. Then after that, we were doing another motionless tour. It was motionless knocked loose and us, mm-hmm. uh, which was going to be great. That's when we were going to start rolling out parts of the record uh, <laughs> over the summer, over the summer, we were going to do like a small, like a small club tour run. It was going to be us, Kublai Khan, Higher Power, and Drain. Uh, that was the plan. Uh-huh. Uh, so, again, like, we're just, we're riding high. Like, yeah. just, all of these are just heater tours. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, then we got a Rise Against Offer.
0: Holy fuck. Oh,
1: my God.
0: <laughs> Didn't you guys just play with them, too?
1: Yes. Uh, and, I mean, this is like the this is the most stick to your guns thing that could like ever happen to stick to your guns. We are like truly like a Larry David-esque band in terms of like how our luck kind of pans out sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it is such our luck that we had been chasing this Rise Against tour. Like it was like, you know, that's our like Great White Buffalo. Just for a decade, we had just been like, if we could just get on a Rise Against tour. Not even so much as like, we think it's this like perfect stepping stone. It's like, it's just our favorite band. Mm -hmm. We think that we would gel well with their fans. We like, we like to say that we're like a, uh, like a rise against hate breed kind of amalgamation sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And we were always like in contention with other bands. And it was like, okay, it's you and this band and this band. And uh, I I think they're leaning towards you. Like management would always say that. And then Mm -hmm. we would just never get it. So we had just thought that's a pipe dream. That's not happening. Finally, (laughs) finally, we get this rise against offer. And I mean, allegedly, I think the tour was going to be like rise against the Menzingers, which is one of my favorite bands. That's nuts. And then us. Uh, And we were so fucking stoked about it. And then at the end of the year, we were going to do a Euro headliner, which was going to be like us returning, having played those massive ass shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was going to be us and we were going to be bringing Turnstile on tour
0: before they blew up
1: yes (laughs) (laughs) um so that was our 2020 laid out and like we were talking about it like this could not be more perfect like Mm -hmm. we have the perfect year to roll this record out um and in january on that motionless tour uh my wife and i actually had a trip booked to china in march so Mm -hmm. we were going to go to china in march Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. united airlines sent an email to us that was like, Hey, uh, your flights are canceled and fully refundable. And that's it. Like instantly I knew at that point, I was like, Oh, airlines never want to give you your money back.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And So this is January, 2020. And my wife like really started like looking into COVID uh, because we were, you know, still trying to prepare to go to China at the time. Mm -hmm. And we were like trying to figure out if we needed to take it seriously or what the deal was. Cause you know, at the time all sorts of rumors and yeah uh like speculations about oh it's like you know just a foodborne illness and it's only people mm. who eat meat you know this is like really early in the game uh but i knew something was amiss then mm. and then as soon as that parkway tour got cancelled i was like oh i'm just never going back on tour like yes. that's mm. that's yeah. it uh the this year's a wash many of my peers kept on being like no no, no we'll like reassess in like four months and i was like yeah. guys like that was every tour your,
0: postponement ever.
1: Mm-hmm. Get yourself ready for like the long haul. Uh, you know, hopefully you don't have to like. Uh, you know, keep yourself safe, but like prepare that you are going to be home for an extended period of time. Everyone thought mm-hmm. I was insane for like the first like three months of like hard. Mm-hmm. Hardcore lockdowns. Everyone's like, George is kind of taking this like a little too crazy. And then so, I mean, turn sure up two and a half years later, it's like, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You were right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so heartbreaking to like go through that now to like relive those, uh, tour cancellations. But mm-hmm. just so you know, when we were recording the record and getting ready to roll it out, we were riding high. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's a fucking nuts lineup. And that's nuts that you guys had the entire year planned out. Like before, mm-hmm. Everything yeah. kind of went to shit. Mm-hmm.
1: It was so sick. It was going to be, uh, it was for sure going to be the best touring cycle that's that your guns has ever had. Mm-hmm. We had never had like more of like a cohesive plan as, yeah. as to like how to like really approach the record.
0: Yeah um
1: yeah, but like it's rough. <laughs>
0: I, definitely like it sucks you guys got all that taken away but it seems like you guys have kind of like had a good kick back into touring like you you did the run with a short run with rise against right and you're bringing Kublacon out later later this year so yeah
1: it's it's like we were able to like salvage parts of it mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I i guess i should follow up on that rise against thing so we only got the rise against offer because riding out had to drop off and then like two other bands passed on the tour <laughs>
0: Well, and we like, finally did it. So that's what matters. <laughs> uh and so like
1: they they came to us like, oh, that was that one band, right? And we're like, Yes, please take us on tour. Uh I I, I mean, I'm joking because like they're the nicest guys ever. Oh. Uh and it, it worked out great. I mean, the tour was uh hell for us because of like vehicle complications. Uh we went through like four vans.
3: Oh wow. Oh my
1: god. Um yeah, it was a nightmare. Um and uh so that hurt, but getting the opportunity to finally play in front of rise against fans and getting to like, hang out and meet at rise against was great. So okay. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Unfortunate that uh, we had such a difficult time on the tour and also that it only came to us by way of uh, Walter, the singer of rotting out and literally getting hit by a car. He's okay. Oh my God. Wow. He's He's okay. Yeah. Glad he's okay. He's okay, but he literally got hit by a car. Oh, and that's God. why he had to get ACL surgery. And then two other bands passed. And then it finally got to us. So you <laughs>
0: pass up a tour with Rise Against. I'm sorry. Oh but
1: it, it, w- it was very last minute. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah. Like, it, just, it worked out for us that way. Um, I, and I mean, thank God we took it because then we did have a Parkway Drive tour that was on the books for the states that ended up getting canceled.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. So thank, thank God we took the Rise Against tour. We're very grateful for it.
0: So true god well that like that put me through a fucking roller coaster like right? I'm, gl- I'm glad that you I'm guys sorry, are kind of like back on your feet but holy <laughs> yeah. shit wow oh
2: my god
1: yeah uh i it's just the uh is all this time this is just how stick your guns rolls like mm-hmm. just constantly it's it's like a when it rains and pours situation for us mm-hmm. um but i mean somehow we're still doing it i mean josh just did this whole last tour in in a uh, neck brace oh wow oh my uh, god yeah yeah he's uh half of his uh, the left side of his body is numb which oh, wow. is uh oh, no. it's very bad uh yeah. but he's doing okay he's in treatment uh, he's he's got a lot of qualified medical professionals that are looking at him so he's gonna be okay
3: good. but
1: yeah that's pretty much a metaphor for stick your guns though <laughs> like can you still walk yes okay great i'm gonna do the tour yeah can you oh. play the guitar all right perfect <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes exactly
0: yeah um so back to the record uh okay do,
1: yes <laughs> how do
0: you recommend your fans to listen to this album for the first time should they do it in the car with friends in the dark with headphones on is a workout album party album what do you personally recommend
1: uh you know i think for me it would either be car solo mm-hmm. uh or headphone solo and i would add the caveat of headphone solo not being on your phone or distracted by anything else okay. which is, i i know that's a big ask these days um but i would i would uh advise people to maybe take one listen to it through um just being uh dedicated and focused mm-hmm. on just listening to the record uh to take it in just at one time uh i did that in the car just the other day um just one full time through and uh i i mean i'm biased obviously but i was like oh wow that was a cool experience so
0: oh yeah
2: sure uh, so this one should be super super quick off the top of your head i want you to describe this album for new listeners in three words
1: oh god <laughs> uh three words okay um let's say uh Gosh, I, I don't want to sound too cliched. So I, I, I don't know. This could be cringy uh, on my part. <laughs> uh, I'd say
3: um,
1: driving as in, uh, you know, a lot of forward momentum on the record. It doesn't seem to like skip a beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, not driving as in just like driving your car, but dr- <laughs> driving, you know, momentum, pushing yeah. forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say um, unapologetic. Uh, in terms of the message uh, and in terms of uh, how proud we are of what we were able to accomplish with the record and how we are just like so stoked on it. Uh, And I would also say, um, uh, I would say uh, contemplative. Um, Mm -hmm. I would hope it's something that um, provokes uh self-reflection or introspection or self-critique on part of the listener um and uh, i would hope that they would be able to uh find uh enjoyment in trying to really understand the meaning behind the songs
0: all right
2: those were very good yeah that's good okay i appreciate good. the explanation
0: yeah. too
2: exactly um.
1: <laughs> i i wanted to be like uh dry uh aggressive uh <laughs> Loud, angry. <laughs> so so I hope I was able to come up with some more uh I guess thought provoking
2: yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah. yeah adjectives um,
1: good.
0: So in that same train of thought, is there a certain feeling or emotion you want listeners to have a going through out through the album?
3: Um
1: emotion. Um yeah, I'd say uh I'd say Do I need to give three or just no, just as many as you want. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll give two. Uh, I'll say, um, I, I want, uh, users to, uh, or users, uh, listeners, uh, listeners to be, um, inspired. Um, but I would also like, uh, listeners to, um, be, uh, angry.
0: Hmm. All right.
2: All right cool <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll leave it at that yeah, yeah perfect, right. perfect, perfect. Uh, so what was your favorite memory that you made while creating this album
0: can you even top the taylor hawkins one Though. Uh, right i, I think, was gonna no, say
2: i think it's that yeah
1: i definitely yeah. think it's that all right for sure That's um nice. yeah so i already gave that one away so yeah yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. by, by any chance did he like stay and watch you record your drums or was it just oh, as you said God. he was just you know picking stuff up and then going out no he took off and Thank
1: God, because I would (laughs) have fucking blown it. I would have blown it so hard, Uh, like it would have derailed the entire, like any of the progress that I would have made. Like I had already done like such a good job at like getting through. I think I like got through like six or seven tracks on the first day, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I would have just, I would have just been a fucking mess if we stayed around. I would have been like second guessing literally everything Mm -hmm. that I had to do. Um, Okay, so actually, I'll I'll give you guys another story if you'd like. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, we got another one. Okay, so this is a uh, this is from actually TrueView, the record beforehand, um, and I'm not kidding you, I'm not fucking joking. Uh, this involves Chris again, our guitar player, me, and uh, another member of the Foo Fighters. Uh, mm-hmm. It involves Dave Grohl. What? Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> so I know this. Is, no one's gonna believe us. Uh, no, but we do have two other witnesses there for this. So thank God. Uh, okay. So Derek uh, Hoffman, the producer on TrueView, and our friend Braden. Uh, who was helping us write um, was also there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all went to get ice cream and it was after like a long day in the studio. You know, we're all kind of like fried mentally. We're like, let's go get some ice cream. Let's Mm -hmm. like chill. Nice, yeah, nice kind of like May, almost summer night. uh, And we're standing outside this ice cream shop. This is in 2017. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Down the street, there's a guy walking towards us who kind of looks like Dave Grohl. And Chris goes, huh, what if that's Dave Grohl? Which is quite literally exactly what he did with Taylor. No one's going to believe me, but that's exactly, literally yeah. exactly what he did with Taylor Hawkins. And I'd be like, oh, that's funny. And sure enough, it's Dave Grohl and his wife. And Chris and I are fucking crying laughing. We're like hysterically laughing. We can't even fucking believe that it's Dave Grohl. We're yeah. like, holy fucking shit, no way. Um, there is a line. Out the door of this ice cream place. Mm-hmm. That uh and it's kind of like a smaller space, so they don't have a lot of people in there. I can't remember the ice cream spot, but there's a line out the door. Everyone there knows it's Dave Grohl. Oh. Dave Grohl, Dave Grohl doesn't see the line mm-hmm. and he just walks into the ice cream shop. And everyone's like, It's all good. It's That's Grom. Dave Grohl. <laughs> yeah. um, Grohl. No one's gonna say anything. Mm-hmm. Someone comes up behind him to like also come into the ice cream shop. He turns around and he goes, Oh fuck, there's this whole, oh I'm sorry, and everyone goes, <laughs>
2: no just go like, you're good just go
1: you're good man watch dave Ro get some ice cream and as he's leaving of course our friend brayden had to give him like a head nod <laughs> and like brayden this is so fucking embarrassing <laughs> but dave bro gave him like a, you know a little little head nod back and that was that so chris and i are two for two with blue fighters experiences holy shit. We're recording records yeah yeah so. that's
0: <laughs> fucking nuts
1: i know it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah chris chris is incredible in these situations uh there was one time we were at the grove and i'm just sorry i'm going on so many candies, no, but you're, you're you're these stories are hilarious <laughs> yeah we, we were at the grove uh in uh los angeles and we came out of a parking garage and chris like literally runs into scott ian like runs into him and chris just goes holy shit!" it's scott ian and then just keeps on walking <laughs> which was such an amazing, like, interaction to witness. It was fucking incredible.
2: (laughs) So So. he just said that and then just kept moving, like, no, big fan, nothing, just...
1: Yeah, and Chris, like, fucking loves Anthrax. Like, like loves Scott Ian, But that's just, like, that's Chris's temperament. He's mm-hmm. just Canadian nice. That's just how he interacts with people. It yeah. was so funny. I that's just, I, I can't
0: believe, like, both times you were with Chris and he was like, what if that's one of the people from the Foo Fighters? And you're like, holy shit, it is both <laughs> times.
1: <laughs> I, know. I know. At this point, like, I'm convinced that I just have to keep recording records with Chris and we will mm-hmm. eventually run into every member. Of the foo fighters yeah like you know pat smears for sure next so yeah. whatever mm-hmm. the next dictator guns record is i'm somehow gonna run into pat smear with chris oh 100 <laughs> just gotta you keep gotta chris get a by feature. your side
0: at all times oh
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i know um, somehow i'm only with chris when i'm doing the celebrity spottings.
0: A, a foo fighters tour feels like it's in your future
1: mm-hmm. yeah, i mean you know we'll see we'll see if they continue to be a band true. um yeah true you know yeah but you know, keep us in mind. Yeah,
0: for <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, so picture this. You're on tour. You're at a gas station for a rest stop. What is your snack of choice?
1: Oh, God. Okay. Uh, if I'm trying to be sensible, like uh, like a protein bar or like a cliff bar, um, and like lots of gas stations, like, I, and this is like so yuppie but like lots of gas stations have kombucha now which is like nice Ooh, yeah it's it's a different world than it was in like 2010 when it's like you're gonna take this monster energy and you're gonna like it
3: mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah
1: so that's when i like want to feel good about myself and be like okay this was the sensible option for me to do mm-hmm. but when it's like okay it's my turn to drive i haven't slept uh, I'm getting a comically sized bag of Swedish fish, nice. um, just the largest bag of Swedish fish that I can find sharing
0: size, but it's all for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all for me. Uh, and, uh, probably, um, uh, probably an energy drink that is like irreparably damaging some organ oh, inside sure. of my body. Yeah. yeah. Those
2: mm-hmm. are the only ones that work.
0: If it yeah, it's going I, down, I it probably yeah. is really bad for you. But it's it's got the most caffeine in it, so it's perfect. Oh, yeah, it's gonna I'm going to finish that
1: drive. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to finish my drive. That is my duty to my band. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's part of the contract.
2: Oh, <laughs> <True>. for sure. <laughs> and uh, do you have a favorite uh, flavor of kombucha? Sorry, it's just I had to ask.
1: um Yeah, so there's this one that's called like Clear Mind. Uh, I forget the brand. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a black tea. Um, got like ginseng in it i don't know it's nice mm-hmm. it's like really mild it's not like uh it it doesn't like hurt it's not like the ginger lemon ones those are those are kind of rough you know those hurt i yeah. like yeah i like either like the fruitier ones or mm-hmm. like the ones that are just like kind of like a mild tea
2: okay perfect right. sounds good uh, yeah. so on the topic of food if the band was a dish what dish would the band be and why oh god
1: <laughs> um jesus that's funny um Thank you. I would probably, I'd probably say um, either like pizza or a pasta dish from, uh, there's this restaurant chain in Europe called Vapiano that Mm -hmm. has become like a, it's like a family tradition for us now. It's like, imagine like, uh, like kind of like a better Olive Garden, like a more elevated Olive Garden, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Makes you feel like uh, it's not the Olive Garden when you're there. No disrespect no, this oh, is Island Island Garden. it's good but <laughs> yeah but you know what you're doing when you're there you know what you're doing yeah. you, you know everyone's being bad boys when they're there uh you know exactly. we're we're living it up we're going into we're we're dealing with um you know like a carb overdose kind of thing you know exactly. you gotta un, you gotta unbutton the pants at the end of the day oh kind for of sure thing. yeah yeah vapiano doesn't quite leave you like that it's still oh. filling um, okay, but it's uh, it it's kind of become like a stitcher guns family tradition. So I'd say like a a nice pasta dish from babiano
2: All right, that's very wholesome. Uh,
0: so for the last couple of questions, we're going to shift completely away from music and go straight to death row. Boom. So if you're on death row, what would your last meal be with a drink?
1: okay uh my last meal is a reuben probably like a like a vegan reuben sandwich reuben's the king of the sandwiches it's my favorite sandwich <laughs> if there is a reuben on a menu i'm ordering it for sure mm-hmm. so a uh, vegan reuben and oh gosh probably just classic red canned coca-cola all right sounds good perfect love it yeah
2: uh, so if you could live in one fictional world for a week where would you live
1: oh good question thank you amazing question okay um, geez. Uh, you know what? I, my answer is uh. a reality in which Toontown is real. So I'm talking like who framed Roger Rabbit?
3: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: I want to live in a world where uh, tunes are a part of our lives, yeah. uh, and they're committing Looney Tunes style hijinks all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um that's the funniest possible reality i can think of All right. okay
2: so like space jam
1: <laughs> yes exactly yeah <laughs> kind of like but like rather than being in the tune world like still our world but yeah. like you know bugs bunny would like come over for dinner kind of thing I get it. or like if you're like walking downtown and you see a giant x like you better watch out because a piano might fall Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and you can be I, with, I,
0: you can be walking with Chris the entire time and he'll go,
1: "Holy shit, that's Bugs Bunny." <laughs> ex- exactly, exactly that. Uh like ha- have you guys seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I don't think so. I okay. might have, but I I I didn't want to pigeonhole you guys. I didn't want to say you might be too young for that, um but you might be. We might um, be. But maybe. Please, I beg of you. I beg of you. Watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit. If you have a Disney Plus subscription, it's on there. Uh it's, it might be lost on some people now with like how uh, everything's CGI'd and we're kind of like desensitized to it, but it is a movie that is shot with practical effects and they had to hand draw all the animations oh, in it. Wow. Yeah, uh, And I mean, they're like, this is like the like OG Avengers Endgame of like IP crossovers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like he goes to a bar and um, uh, Donald Duck and Daffy Duck are like doing dueling piano solos and like, Trying to like kill each other on stage, basically. Yeah. I, I mean, I sound like an insane person you trying do. to explain <laughs> this do. to you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh so cool, yeah. I sound like a fucking lunatic. Fully aware of it, but I'm just like constantly singing the gospel of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, I, if you if you are ever bored and looking for something, please watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit and then tag guns on Twitter. On it and tell us that you watched it. Okay. okay. For sure. I'll do
2: it. <laughs> right. I'll do it.
1: I will be the I'll, I will be the one to respond to you and we can go over theories. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All <right>. okay. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll
2: do it. I'll do it.
0: Um so I have the honor of asking the last question and every single person that we've spoken to have said that it is the most important question. What's your favorite color? Green. Specific shade?
1: Yeah. These days I kinda of like matrix green, I'd say. Ooh. uh, Yeah, that's my answer. Uh, The Matrix is my other favorite movie, so (laughs) that's a good
2: pick. What (laughs) did you think of the uh, the most recent Matrix? It had like mixed Uh, reviews. uh, It's fucking incredible, but I'm like
1: not the person. Okay, so I'm not the person to ask about it because Mm -hmm. as I just did with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, like I want to start a cult around (laughs) all of the Matrix movies. Like I think I think the Wachowski sisters are gods. Uh, I think they can do no wrong. They make Mm -hmm. incredible movies. Uh, and every Matrix movie, whether it's Matrix 1, Reloaded, Revolutions, Resurrections, fucking phenomenal movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, they're, they're just the best goddamn movies I've ever seen. Uh, I'm also trying to like wage a one-man war to get everybody to reconsider the Matrix sequels. So. <laughs>
2: That's an <laughs> uphill battle, man.
1: I, I know, but Matrix Reloaded, I keep on coming back to it. I'm like, this movie is... Fucking levitating! It is ten out of ten, just incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't expect who, what's your favorite color to get me to Matrix, but yeah, that's that's my opinion of those things.
2: Perfect. I'm glad you love them. Man. I'm
1: glad you love yeah. them. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you know, if you want to take a re, uh, you know, get it, do a rewatch of those, maybe also alongside Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Not to give you homework while you're doing this interview, but
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Gloria, we're gonna have to take a day off. You've got homework <laughs> to do. <laughs>
2: I mean, I recently watched The Matrix, so I'll I'll check that one off. I'll I'll check out the Who Framed Roger Rabbit, though. Yes! Yes!
3: Okay. All right.
0: Uh, Excellent. As I said, that's all the questions we have today. Is there anything that you would like to plug?
1: Uh, Spectre, New Stick Your Guns Record, comes out July 29th. We'll be on tour in the States and Canada in September. And then we'll be uh, over in UK Europe in uh, November, December.
0: Nice. And aren't you guys bringing Knock Loose on that?
1: Yes. That's yeah. Fucking sick. It's uh, very, very excited.
0: Oh yeah. All right. Uh, well, thank you for style. That's been George from stick to your guns and we have been the good noise podcast.